Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today I think we kind of wanted to... There's two sort of general but very tightly related topics that uh, I think we wanted to unpack. And the first um, is coming from something that I've... Some, 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 some complicated feelings I've been navigating recently. Um, and in a weird way, they all relate back to the Apple Design Awards and my feelings and sort of whether that's a good aspiration, whether that's a good motivation, whether that is something that I want to pursue. And then sort of related to that is something that I've, that I've been, as a result of kind of becoming less stuck on the goal of winning a design award, I've been increasingly making more pragmatic choices um, in my design, in my development. And I think there's something to be said for that. And so I think sort of those are the sort of the two parts that I think would be interesting to kind of unpack. And I guess to start with, with the uh, more Apple Design Awards thing, it's, it is a weird, I have a weird history with the Design Awards personally, like in the sense of, I remember when I started out in this community and I um, no, it didn't, I, I don't come from a big Apple background, so it's not like, you know, I was a, I was a, a windows guy before I, um, became an iOS developer. I mean, I got my first Mac mostly because to, because at the time I was a Ruby on rails developer and, um, TextMate was like the best text editor for writing Ruby on rails code. Like that was what you did. And so if you wanted to write Ruby on rails code, you bought a Mac. So I bought a Mac, like I didn't buy it because I thought a Mac was awesome or cool. Mostly like, and there's a little bit of that, like it was pretty, but I got into the Mac because of something else. And so I don't have this big pedigree, um, uh, with, with the Mac, but, you know, sort of as I came into this community and I started to, um, you know, try and understand what makes, what makes it tick and how it worked. Like it was a time when, um, I think Apple very strongly still had the this feeling of you know what sets it apart is its design and the an elegance and a simplicity that um, was very strongly lauded and I mean I remember going to the um, you know the the Apple Design Awards at my first WWDC and kind of it being an encouraging motivating like wow how cool would it be to to make an app one day that um, aspires to that level. And over the, the subsequent years, it's been interesting to chart sort of how my feelings on that have changed, where I, there was this period where that was my goal. Like every time I started a new app, I sort of filtered it through this feeling of like, how could I win an Apple Design Award with this app um, and to try and work towards that? And, you know, what do I need to get better at to do that? And then over the you know the following years, like that changed um and for a variety of reasons and i mean it got to a point where like i had i did i stopped going to the design award session at wwdc like it stopped being something both a little bit because honestly like it was a little bit uh, painful like to sort of go to this thing that I, I sort of felt like i'd tried to do but realized that i'm just not really the type of app that they're looking for um and also just because it sort of it seemed to be less um, less of an emphasis, less of a, a, a less of a, less of this thing that was quite as strongly held up um, in sort of in the community, or at least in my perception um, of the community. I mean, and to, to the degree that this year um, it was sort of this more side event with press, which ostensibly was to make it more visible, which maybe is true but if it was to make it more visible it means yeah it's it's a kind of a crazy thing that if making it more visible um uh, means putting it not on the main stage directly after one of the biggest sessions um of WWDC um like something's changed there and it's it, it's it's a hard thing to unpack but either either way like it's this different thing 
that is in some ways a relief that I can kind of just say, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to win an Apple Design Award. Um, and that's hard for me in some ways, but um, at the same time, it's somewhat liberating to just say like, you know, like, I don't think that's what I, that's not the kind of app I make. Um, you know, most of the apps that win Apple Design Awards are games. Um, so, you know, I'm not making games. Um, and the ones that beyond that, that do intend to be um, these sort of these larger team projects with, you know, with massive design resources um, that are not me either. And there's usually one or maybe two um, sort of more small team apps that, that win one. And I always like hold out hope for one day that will be me. But at the same time, like, I just don't think that's the kind of app I make. And so having it as a goal, having it as a motivation is you know, ultimately kind of problematic. But like I said, it's a weird thing to, to say out loud that I don't, because I still, in my back of my head, I still want to win an Apple Design Award, and it's probably somewhat of an irrational thing um, to want when, you know, really the, a better goal is to make a sustainable living on the App Store, which I've been fortunate enough to do for for so many years. Like, that should be enough, but I don't know. It, it's this funny thing to always have that feels like it's sort of hanging over me. Yeah, I've I've gone through a similar transition and a similar set of feelings. I mean, I was in the Mac community, I think, a little before you, but not by much. So, you know, around the same time. And, you know, before that, I was also a Windows person. And, and uh, you know, so so I came to the Mac and I, I saw, like, it really, like, what I consider to be its its glory days of you know, 2005 or 2004 or so, uh, really through maybe Lion. Uh, I would really consider, like, you know, a really great run where there there weren't a lot of downsides uh, on the Mac and, and an Apple design and everything. It was it was pretty much all like unqualified successes um, for a pretty big run. And I think a lot of that comes down to Steve Jobs uh, and and our our desire for a design award. You know, I I too would love to win one, and it always seemed like the the highest honor that Apple could bestow upon a developer would be a design award. And part of why I wanted it so much was a personal incentive that I wanted like recognition from Steve Jobs in some way, even though he was never the one giving them out or anything, but like it was his company and I kind of knew like he would probably have some idea on what things got Apple design awards. So it was like, I, I felt a stronger motivation to impress Steve because Steve was this enigma, this character, this, this incredibly powerful personality um, and and after he died, and now that we have a very different company uh, with very different leadership and very different public persona, it doesn't seem like I want current Apple's approval as much anymore. I don't seek it out. And I don't know if that's because of like, you know, a Steve thing, some kind of like weird father figure thing or what, but like, I don't really care what Tim Cook thinks of me or my app. I don't really care about Tim Cook. We don't really see enough of Tim Cook or enough of his personality to care about him. So I don't really seek that anymore. And now it seems more like I'm seeing the Apple Design Awards now as maybe what they always were. But at least how it, how it seems now is that it's just like here's a marketing award that our marketing department is giving you. And it seems – I don't want to take away from people who win them. But it does seem like they're not really looking at apps like ours as much anymore. You know, again, and part of that, you know, it could be other factors. I don't know, but you know, certainly it seems like a lot of them go to games, a lot of them go to big corporate partners, um, and but there are still some people like us 
who still do win them, but it's a very, very small number every year. It's, you know, it's like probably two or three people like us who win them. And so to, to be one of those two or three is just so incredibly unlikely. And, and it seems like it's chosen by criteria that, that might be different from what you and I would, would think ourselves would be like how it should be chosen. Um, that, you know, it, it, it's so it's so tied to marketing. It's so tied to what are the new features that year they want to show off. You know, it, it and and again, maybe to some degree it always was, but maybe we're just now realizing that. I don't know. But whatever it is, I I have basically also given up on trying to win one. And, and for a while, I, I didn't think I had a chance just because my design skills were not good enough. Um, but in recent years, I thought I had a better chance than I did before. And 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 in recent years, I started caring more and maybe hoping a little bit more and and certainly making design decisions in order to try to win Apple Design Awards or in order to try to appeal to Apple on those kind of, you know, marketing recognition levels and maybe to lead into an App Store feature or whatever else. But basically, like, designing to impress Apple or, or over some choices that would be better for usability or discoverability or things like that. And I think that's kind of the core thing of what we want to talk about today is like making that, making those decisions of like designing for Apple or even I would, I would even broaden it to say like designing for what is currently trendy in app design in visual design or interactive design, you know, versus what is actually usable for people and, and what makes, what makes your app actually better in practice. And when design is in a good place, like <laughs> there, there are times when those things are, are mostly or entirely overlapping. There are times when the design world values things that are practical. Uh, but design is a fad. It goes in phases. And there are times when that's not the case. There, there are times when, when what is currently in fashion is very much not usable. Um, and, 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 you know, obviously in recent, in the last you know, five, 10 years, we can point to this cycle happening with Apple and it, you know, it goes back and forth. And, and so when, or, or in what circumstances we should choose functionality over appealing visual design, I think depends a lot on, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? Who are we trying to impress? And I I think, you know, what, what I'm saying here, and I think what you might be saying too, is like in the past, we have been trying to impress Apple quite a lot on these, on these like visual design levels. And now, um, I'm I'm more willing to make the other decision and and to say you know what this is how things are done this is the current trend this is what Apple's trying to promote etc. But I don't agree with this part of it and this part of it is causing problems for my app or for my design and so I'm going to choose not to do that. I feel like too there's also an element for me of I maybe and it's interesting what you're saying about with the role that Steve Jobs plays in sort of the. The, the ethos of this because i think in, in some ways i agree with the it was, there was a time when i feel like i had a a more concise and crystallized view of what a like what an apple app should look like um like there was a feel and a this and a like an elegance to it or whatever that there there's like i knew what that looked like and in some ways, I, I do think I kind of had had a bit, a bit of the filter for that was it's like, what is, you know, it's like, what's an app that I wouldn't feel embarrassed showing to Steve Jobs? Like, in, in, there's a, there is a, a, speci- a specificity to that, that I think was useful, that I think is not something that I have anymore. Like, I don't really know what, you know, what a, 
um, what a best app would look like. And I don't think the, you know, like the system apps used to be a good place to go and look for that. And I think they're very, much more varied and you know, in some ways they don't, they don't seem to necessarily hold themselves to the same standard that I used to imagine that all Apple apps needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's a tricky, trickier thing too, where like, as I'm trying to make these choices in my own apps, like I used to kind of, you know, it, it, it often I would find a point where it's like, I could do the, the easy thing or I could do the Apple thing maybe. Um, like, at least sort of in my mind, that was the filter that I pl- I placed a lot of choices through. Like, do I want to do this the easy way or do I want to do this the Apple way? And I feel like the, I have, at least my, like the, the perception I have now is that I don't know what the Apple way is um, to the same degree. That I don't know what that, like it's so, it's so unspecific now that it's much harder for me to do something to, to make that choice and to not just want to do the easy thing or to, you know, rather than the easy thing and the Apple thing, be the easy thing or the, the usable thing, um, or focus on like other metrics that, um, are a bit more, I'm much more able to wrap my hands around. I mean, even in a weird way, this makes me think of just like how big of a document the human interface guidelines are now. Um, like when we started being iOS developers, like I could, you could read the human interface guidelines and like in an hour, probably, um, like I don't think that's the case anymore, and especially Nick. Now you'd need to do there's a, the watch one, there's an iPhone one, um, you know, like the, there's multiple of these things that exist, and they're just becoming much more sprawling because apps are much more sprawling, uh, you know, in so many different ways. They have so many you have extensions, which is awesome, but now you have all these other areas um, of your app that you would need to take into account. You know, it, there's this explosion of complexity that I think makes it so hard to have this very concise view and that makes it hard then to have something like that be the be the goal um, and to instead you know find these other things where um, if there's easier and, or either it's an easier thing to build um, which is has benefits to it or you can start to say like well what is you know it's like what is the most obvious um, solution to this problem you know what is going to um, make my user you know it's, it's like it may not be visually beautiful but it might be sort of easier and more obvious because you know certainly one of the things that um we had in the past like i feel like there was this beautiful like i I, it's 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 hard to describe in words maybe but i can imagine a like a an xy graph where you kind of have this usability versus like elegance of design and as elegance of design goes up usability starts to go down and starts to go down and starts to go down until you hit this magical, like super elegant point where suddenly it jumps right back up. Um, and suddenly it becomes like amazingly usable because it's so elegant and it's so beautiful. And you know, you kind of imagine there, you know, it's, it's like in some ways that's my goal was to build things that kind of, you hit this point where it's just so elegant, it becomes sort of effortless. And in, in a weird way, the thing that comes to mind, is like slide to unlock on an iPhone where like, there's so many complicated ways that you could imagine doing that. And it's like, they found this super elegant way to do it. That is so incredibly useful, uh, like usable. And it's so obvious. And it had such these, this beautiful polish on it where, um, you, anybody who looked at an iPhone knew how to unlock it. Like it had this beautiful shimmer going across it. Like there was something about it that made it, it crossed this elegance threshold where it became super, super usable. Um, you know, whereas you could imagine the completely inelegant approach would just be like a button on the screen that you push, which is probably just as usable. Like they just have a big button that says unlock, but it's wouldn't have quite that elegance. And so 
like that kind of a, a progression. It's like, maybe I'm just not in my mind. I don't know if it's worth it anymore, or I don't know if what, even what that looks like to chase after, um, in quite the same way. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you know, like one of the challenges, if you're trying to make high quality apps for windows is that windows has really never, I mean, and honestly, this could be out of date now because my windows knowledge is 10 years old, but one of the problems back in the day, at least was that like Microsoft did not really set a strong, cohesive design example themselves like like you were saying a few minutes ago how you know back in in those days it was easier to tell like this is an apple app this is what an apple app looks like uh well microsoft never never really had that like cohesive example design or or the like the main design language they used it was always kind of all over the place and that would that reflected in windows apps where windows apps would also be kind of all over the place because they microsoft was not setting a a strong example and i think right now we're at that point with apple where Apple is no longer setting a strong, coherent example of what great app design is, partly because of different, you know, different fads of design coming in. Um, you know, like everything now looks like Apple Music, which I think is a bad design, actually. Um, and and part of that is also just, as you said, like everything is. There's so much more now. There's so many more devices, so many more types of apps, so many more extension points and places where UI happens, and the and the interactions are more complex now. We have drag and drop, and like there, there's so many different it's such a massive world now and also apple is moving in design directions that are a little bit questionable that apple is no longer setting a clear example and so we are more on our own with deciding what is good design and what isn't and and decide and how we prioritize usability versus design is much more in our hands now than i think it used to be we're brought to you this week by SetApp. SetApp is a goldmine of Mac apps all in a single suite. With access to more than 100 apps, you are bound to find the right tool for any job. SetApp is easy to install, giving you instant access to great Mac software, all for just $9.99 a month. And you only pay the monthly fee with SetApp. There's no add-ons, no ads, and no need for paid upgrades. The developers of the software you use simply get paid every month. That is SetApp. Pre-selected Mac apps from the best developers with one-click installation and a 30-day free trial. Give it a try today at setapp.com. That's S-E-T-A-P-P.com. Our thanks to SetApp for their support of this show. So one thing that I, I will say is somewhat liberating out of this, and I think this is a good place to, you know, to turn our discussion to, is I've enjoyed recently being slightly freed from this feeling of, like, I don't know, in a weird way, guilt about not making super Apple app choices or whatever. And instead, like, like I said, I love been focusing entirely on usability or obviousness, um, like trying to make things work in as clean and as straightforward a way as possible, which is in some ways like a you know in, in in some ways it seems like a come down like i'm i'm not building apps with quite the same there's a different goal but in practical use it has been quite interesting to to to, to instead like make apps that are super usable and have that be my goal like that be my focus that if i if anything i was going to win like i'm going to win an app usability award like that's where the filter that i'm applying um it isn't so much about what makes what would make the app beautiful or what would make the app um, like have this sort of, sort of super, super elegance or, or be really flashy. Like instead, it's like, no, I just want it to be really obvious. And, you know, it's like in so many of my designs now, they're just super straightforward. They're just, it's the, you know, you're trying to make it as clean and obvious as can be 
which in a weird way, I think can sometimes be somewhat refreshing now that I feel like there was a period um, with the iOS 7 sort of redesign and reskin where a lot of things became less clear. Um, and I'm starting to, maybe this is the, you know, the pendulum swinging back for myself, but it's like, now all my buttons tend to have round wrecks around them again, as an, as, as a, as a simple yep. example, <laughs> like I, the, 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 you know, this, this sense of like, oh, you just, you know, you put a tint color on text and that lets people know it's a button. It's like, you know, it also really works well to let people know it's a button putting it in a circle because or putting it in a round direct because like everybody knows what that means like if you see something that in a round direct in an app like that's a button and so <laughs> that's what i do now um and those types of choices which i think i don't think in my mind but like that's not like i'm kind of going against the human interface guidelines in doing that like that's not what um an ios 11 app should probably look like but at the same time I think it works. I think it's more usable and um, I'm increasingly okay with that um, as the, as the trade-off that I'm making. Yeah. And, and ultimately that's better for business, you know, like it, it, even, even if it will, you know, cost you certain opinions with an Apple, like well, we haven't been getting those anyway. So <laughs> what we have sure. been getting is opinions and experiences from our users and our users have, you know, they want things and need things to be usable. And if things are not usable enough, we will hear about it, and it will cause problems for us. So that is what we need to really optimize for here. And you know, another another thing to consider is like, you know, the, the like the Apple, you know, human interface guidelines and and design, just general design trends and things. We are in a shifting, changing environment here. You know, we the computers they they started out for nerds, then they became more for you know everybody, and now they're really really for everybody. Um, we went from desktops to phones to phones and tablets some people now only have tablets or phones many people only have phones uh and and now even within the phone world we are going from small screens to now much bigger screens now to screens where like it used to be assumed that you could easily reach every part of your screen that is no longer the case and hasn't been the case for a little while now and it's now getting even more extreme and we used to have screens that were you know about three by two then they went uh 16 by nine and now they're going whatever the heck the aspect ratio is of the iphone 10 uh what is it two to one maybe it's something like that um so it's it's very 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 tall yeah it's very tall and so like now we have these like we're going back to the candy bar form factor again uh you know and and so throughout all these changes apple does update their design guidelines and we and and the industry does find new ways to do things but it lags behind the pace of the hardware a lot of the time you know every all of these guidelines and documents these are all changing living evolving things and sometimes they haven't caught up to the reality of today. So when the iPhone 10 launches next week, and when we're all finally able to buy one in three years, we're going to have this situation where we've been designing apps one way for a while. Even Apple has. And even Apple, you know, the design guidelines Apple has laid out for the iPhone 10 are pretty minimal. They, they basically say, please don't hide the notch. Like, that's about all the guidance we have. Now we have a phone where what you can reach is very different than before and 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 things you might accidentally hit are very different than before 
how you need to browse and lay things out is different because of the design of the home indicator we now have a very strong incentive to use uh, bottom toolbars and tab bars in pretty much every screen if possible because it looks really weird if you don't have one uh there's all sorts of these changes now and i feel like we have to take a lot of this into our own hands now and make decisions for what we find to actually be usable on this device um, because it's so different, even if it goes against what Apple has officially said in their design guidelines because their design guidelines might not have caught up yet. Yeah, and it's even just, we just need to explore and find out what that is like um, for ourselves because we have to feel comfortable, I think, with whatever, um, you know, we have, we have whatever, whatever, even if Apple did, did give a guideline, it's like we have to feel comfortable with whatever we end up with. And like what I'm really curious with the iPhone 10 about as an, as this, as a good concrete example, it's like clearly even with the naming of it, like this is what Apple is sort of saying is the future of the phone. Um, like we've gone through this period where there was the, a, a big phone and a little phone. Uh, and you know, the vast majority of my users were running the, you know, the iPhone six or seven sized, um, screen. And, you know, there was the, the plus was there, but it was, I, I was able to treat it more as like a, a, a second class citizen. Like it was not the main experience of my app. And so I didn't optimize for it in quite the same way. Like I needed a design that worked. I, you know, worked comfortably on a plus or on an SE, but worked best, um, on a you know on a six or a seven and whereas now i you kind of i think i mean who knows what will happen next year if we'll end up with like a a, a 10s plus or who knows what like if there'll be a big version with this form factor but even if there is like they're, they're clearly trying to drive the world to where this will become the default and apps are like almost you know are certainly going to have to change um as a result that i'm going to need to put controls in a different place um, and, you know, reoptimize things because reaching the top of the phone is, you know, it's like this next level of, it's going to be more awkward to do. Um, I'm going to need to make, you know, gestures become, are becoming a much more of a, a trickier thing I think to do as an, as a developer, because, you know, it, like swipe up was already taken over by control center. Um, but now we have, and we had, you know, swipe down from notification center. It's like now we have three of those. There's like swipe left for, for notification center, <laughs> swipe down from the right for control center, swipe up from the bottom to switch apps or swipe sideways along the bottom to switch in between apps. Like in general, like a lot of basically anything other than a mid screen edge swipe to go back in a navigation bar, a navigation stack, like is basically a, probably not a good idea now. Um, like, and we have to change a lot of, you know, it's like if that was, if gestures were something that you were doing before, because it felt elegant and kind of cool, it's probably not going to work out so well these days. I'm facing a huge problem with that myself. And in fact, and for, for instance, one of the, one, one example of what I'm doing now is, you know, for, for, since the beginning of the iPhone, uh, it's been kind of convention. I don't, I don't know if the HIG actually said anything about this, but it's been, it's been convention that if you were presenting some kind of temporary window you know for your app some kind of like you know detail pane or settings screen or something like that the convention has been to present it as a full screen uh view controller that comes up from the bottom it slides up from the bottom and you dismiss it by a by a like done button in in the top bar in in one of the top corners and i had these all over overcast i have them for settings downloads add podcast stuff like that and on the ipad they become the form sheets and everything you know that those kind of things in the build i'm playing with right now privately I have all of those for the most part, so most of those as navigation pushes. 
So they just slide in from the right like every other screen. And you dismiss them by swiping in from the left or hitting the back button in the corner. And the main reason why is because it, it, it is really not a good idea to put the dismiss button of anything now in the top corners of a phone that most people probably can't reach most of the time. So I want that edge swipe gesture to always work and always be the thing that people think to do. And the only way that happens is to have everything be a navigation stack. And not everybody even knows the back gesture, but I figure at least I'll give them the best chance of knowing it by using the standard one, you know, and having everything slide in, you know, from the side instead of having things slide up from the, from the bottom. And I still have my now playing screen coming up from the bottom, which is a design problem, but I haven't solved that one yet. But this is one example of like, this has been a decade of precedent that is that was set, but now I'm going against it because I think it actually makes it more usable with today's new phones. Yeah, and it, I love too, like with the, the gesture that you're setting up, it's like it is so natural and comfortable for a user to, like they're so, I mean, every, like the, say almost every app that exists has that concept of like, nav- of the navigation push. And then you know how to get out. Like there's nothing unobvious or clever about it. Like any user who's used an iPhone for any amount of time is going to know how to know how to navigate that. And like that, that, that obviousness is just such a wonderful thing. Yeah, and, and it's going to look weird for people who are used to things sliding up from the bottom for these kind of like modal panes. Uh, and it, it feels a little bit weird at first, but like I've been using it for about a day like this, and I, I think it's actually the right choice. I think it actually feels it, – it, it looks a little bit odd at first, but it feels a lot better, and it flows a lot better, and it's more usable. And so I think kind of the theme of this episode is like I should probably do that because more usable is more important right now to me. Exactly. Like I think the, the best, like the tagline for the episode is, it's like, don't worry about how it looks, worry about how it feels. Um, and that's probably a better place to end up. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.